Lord, we pray that we might behold you, born unto us this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Christmas, uh, for many, well, for me anyway, rarely lives up to my expectations. Christmas seemed so much more magical when I was a child, and now that I'm older and a Christian, it's lost its luster a little bit. When I was young, my parents divorced, which at my young age thought I meant it meant double presents. Awesome. And then things went pretty well until I got to college and life became a little bit harder. I had a family crisis that prevented me from going home one Christmas while in college. And so I spent Christmas Day in the Sahara Desert, literally. And for the next several years, I tried desperately to capture the spirit of Christmas. It never worked. Christmas, in fact, had become a time of sadness and loneliness for me. It didn't take long for me to realize that the joy I had as a child was completely misplaced. I reveled in the gifts, the time off of school, and the festive atmosphere. The Christmas spirit for me had little to do with the baby born in a manger so many years ago. It's no wonder that when we lose those things that we hold so dear, that loss can be devastating. What does Christmas look like now? Now that I'm older and have a paycheck, I pretty much get whatever I want throughout the year. So Christmas is not getting that thing that you had longed for all year long, but it's getting what I want in this moment of time. I don't know about you, but my children seem to get worse the closer they get to Christmas. They don't care if there's a list that Santa is checking twice. They've called his bluff. In our house, we even have the elf on a shelf, which is totally unchristian. And so this year, I sat my three wonderful children down, and I gave them options. I said, one, this year, you could do without the elf. The elf doesn't come. They stay in the North Pole. Or you could have the elf whose name is Frances. And she comes to life in the middle of the night and watches you all day long and then heads to the North Pole to snitch on you to Santa. Which one do you want? And as you probably guessed, they decided to keep Frances this year. But we're told that all of these things help contribute to the Christmas spirit. And certainly my kids get into it. I thought it was interesting. I read recently that the British Medical Journal reported that some Danish neurologists discovered the part of our brain that creates Christmas spirit. Well, if only, if only we could manipulate our lives, our brains, in order that our Christmases might be merry and bright. Even one of the authors of the study said, something as magical and complex as the Christmas spirit cannot be fully explained by or limited to the mapped brain activity alone. Life is hard. And the longer we live it, the more we realize that nothing has permanence. The world is an inhospitable place. 
as it was in Jesus' day. We read in Luke's Gospel that there was no room for them in the inn. Well, there wasn't much of the Christmas spirit that first Christmas, I can tell you. Can you imagine that conversation between Mary and Joseph? She's about to have a baby, and they roll up to the hotel, and he comes out and says, we don't have a room. What do you mean we don't have a room? You know, well, I, I've sorted it. We're, we've totally worked it out. We're going to stay in the barn. What do you mean we're going to stay in the barn? I don't know about you, but in, that happened in my family. It would not be a Christmas worth remembering. And yet here it is, the first Christmas spent next to feeding troughs. Well, how many of you find Christmas difficult? How many of you find life difficult? Things that ought to bring us happiness have lost their luster. And we are nearly resigned to believing that, well, I guess that's just the way it is. And yet, it was in the midst of difficulty, poverty, danger, and when it seemed that the light would go completely out, that Jesus came amongst us. It is in the midst of this lowliness and humility that we find our Savior. J.C. Ryle reminds us, never let us forget that through this humiliation, Jesus has bought for us a title to glory. And through his poverty, we are made rich. St. Paul tells us in his second letter to the Corinthians, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. And God came to us in a way that was accessible. When the shepherds made their way after the announcement of the angels to the stable scene, there was no security to get through as there would have been at a royal palace. They simply made their way to the manger, barn animals being the only impediment where they could reach out and touch the very face of the one who created them. There is no room in the inn for Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus. But for the first time in the history of the world, God has made room for you. It's true that we should ask ourselves, is there room in the inn of my heart for the Lord Jesus? But the fact of the matter is that we have not made room for Jesus but that He has made room for us. He comes to us. He does not wait for us to come to Him. For if He did, we might never come at all. Jesus says in the book of Revelation, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me. By His coming amongst us, by His dying in our stead, by His mighty resurrection, we now have fellowship with God. The story of Christmas begins the story of our redemption. There are echoes of it, there are foretastes of it throughout the Old Testament. And yet God incarnate, 
begins to show us the way in which we might be saved. A wonderful Christmas hymn that we sing every year by Charles Wesley says it well. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all He brings. Risen with healing in His wings. Mild He lays His glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. In a Charlie Brown Christmas, Charlie Brown in anguish cries out, Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And Linus answers, Sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. And he makes his way to the center of the stage. He calls for the house lights to be turned down. And he begins, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Linus is right. In the midst of this world where things are fleeting, we see that the only permanent thing is Jesus. And it is in this humble manger that we find the real spirit of Christmas. We look upon this helpless baby who is mighty to save and whose kingdom shall have no end. Amen.